0: Welcome to this episode of the ECS Publishing Group podcast. In this episode, we take a closer look at Taylor Davis's new work, Magnificat. To view the video version of this conversation, visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Morningstar Music Pubs. Thank you, enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Mark Lawson, president of Morningstar Music Publishers. And I am so pleased today to welcome three guests to talk about Taylor Davis's new Magnificat. We welcome Matthew Greer, who is at St. John's United Methodist Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Uh, Barnaby Smith, who's the artistic director of the Votus Eight Choir, and Taylor Davis, the composer of the Magnificat. Welcome to you all. Nice to be here. So um, I want to start with just kind of the background behind the work, and I'm going to ask Taylor, talk a minute about how this came about, and I know that Matt was the commissioner, so you may want to chime in on this as well,
1: Matt. Taylor, once you start? I think it was probably early 2016. Matt had the idea to commission something greater than just a piece of music. He had a definite idea that it needed to be bigger than that and then as well had a backer that had a passion for a more female scope to Bible stories and them not being all older white men, but told through the eyes, the lens of powerful women, In the Bible. And so we got started on the project with those limitations before we even really talked about orchestra size or choir size, or Matt would be better able to talk about the woman who backed it and had very specific ideas about it.
2: The piece was commissioned for our chorus by a wonderful woman named Carolyn Good, who has been involved in social justice issues in a variety of ways her entire life. She knew Taylor's music because I'd programmed some of Taylor's music. And when I floated the idea, she really responded to the idea of commissioning Taylor to do a Magnificat, which Taylor was interested in doing anyway. So in the end, the commission came through with Carolyn's help, Mm -hmm. and it was commissioned in honor of Women of Faith.
0: So it is the traditional text with a twist, with one English movement. Talk real quick about that and why
1: uh, you decided to go that way. The Magnificat text, I think, is fairly dense. You have to be good at Latin to maybe more fully understand or appreciate it. And I thought that if we could get an English movement in, and not just any English movement, but an English movement that was written specific for the project, that would be really good to bring the whole project into the 21st century and so i asked dr terry york with whom i've worked previously if he would just sort of sum up what he thought the other four movements meant and give mary a young voice but a hopeful voice and a voice maybe that has a premonition about uh, what's ahead. I sent this uh, request to Terry and in a very gentle way, he just wrote back and said, I- I'm not sure that I can encapsulate this, but let me give it a try. And of course his first try was an amazing text and it was easy to set.
0: Well, and then another wonderful thing that happened was that Barnaby, the Virtuous 8, became involved in this project. And how did you find out about it? And then what made you decide to want
3: to record it? Originally, we were singing a concert a Christmas concert at Taylor's church in Plano and uh, um, we were taking part in that in that project and I thought well this is nice and Taylor had spoken about the fact he commissioned it for Matt, Matt's also a great friend of Watchers 8 and so I, when I was planning Watchers 8's own festival here in the UK I thought well this would be a really nice thing to do because it encapsulates so much of our friendships of our friendship circle from the US so I sort of asked Taylor if Uh, He fancied it. It seemed silly not to record it at the same time so I actually put it on the programme and uh, put my name down to record it before I'd actually heard the whole piece and I have so much faith in Taylor's writing. Truly it's I think a a masterpiece. You could talk about it on so many levels and I'm sure we will with respect to that phrase but the thing that sticks out the most for me and that I remember the most about it is when we were in the recording sessions and uh, we were very lucky to work with an orchestra that you know, plays all the films and that kind of stuff here in London. We have a big freelance scene, and so you book these players, and they just come and turn up, and you put the music in front of them, and they play it with you for six hours until it's time to go home. And so they see a lot of music come across their stands, and the buzz in the room, the excitement, and the enjoyment that everybody took from that day of sessions—it's quite unusual. I probably had as many as thirty emails, so about half the orchestra actually dropped oh. me a note to say how much they enjoyed it. For myself and as conductor, and also the choir, the same. So. Utterly thrilled that we took a punt. I think it's always worth taking a punt on Taylor. I'd say, say that much. Certainly is composing anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how that's how our involvement came to be. Well, it's a stunning recording,
0: and I appreciate the fact that we are getting to use it for demo purposes, but I think there's a bigger plan later on for using this in a larger recording,
3: correct? There is, yeah. So we're making a whole disc of Taylor's work. It's was going to be completed in about two months time however we are having to reschedule those plans for obvious reasons Um, but Taylor's also I'm sure people who know your catalogue will know Taylor's prolific composer and we're working with some of the rest of his orchestral material to create that into a full disc project and we'll look forward to releasing that in due course.
0: Yeah. Matt, do you want to talk about your experience with the work the first time that you got to do it?
2: This was commissioned for our Christmas festival, our Festival of Lessons and Carols that we do every year, which is our combined choirs and orchestra. And Taylor and I have been friends for a long time and so had complete trust in what he would do, but one of the things about the piece is that we don't have the hugest chancellery stage in the world. And so taking that into account, it's a lovely, manageable chamber orchestration that worked really, really well for us. And it was such fun to do the premiere. As Barney said, people responded to it just uh, immediately, the chorus did. I think that one thing that the work shows off is that Taylor has a real gift for melody. And he's a wonderful orchestrator. The colors in the orchestra are just really marvelous. And so can't wait to do the piece again.
3: I wholeheartedly second that, Matt, because you know p- people always talk about composers and they think about you know melody and harmony and creating a piece of music. But so much of the skill in a project like this is about putting color into the canvas. And I have to say, I, I don't know a better living orchestrator. I'm willing to hang my hat on that statement. <laughs> it's magnificent.
0: Well, there are actually three different versions of the orchestration. We have the full orchestration, then there's a chamber orchestration, and then there's a version with just organ and harp. So it makes it possible to be done uh, many different ways. Taylor, do you want to comment at all about the orchestration and what you were thinking with that?
1: Yeah, I'll be the first to admit that I either heard what I wanted to hear from Matt uh, when he first commissioned the work and wrote for the orchestra that I wanted to write for. Or somehow there was another misunderstanding, but essentially what Matt needed was what we now have as the chamber version. His choir could sustain a full version, but the way the chancel's set up, he truly puts as many people as probably the fire marshal would allow. When I wrote it, I wrote really big, and then kind of scaled down after Matt said, you know, there's not that many violins. And, and so I was able to write a chamber version almost immediately, which really helped me because instead of settling on colors that were only achievable if you did it at the biggest level with the most amount of players, we were able to get colors for the smaller size. And I don't actually think anything will be lost with the organ and harp version either. Going back to the concept of melody and harmony, one of the things that I think late 20th century, 21st century writers are really good at is the idea of color found in chords, but sometimes at the peril of melody. And I think the way this is structured, you get that sense of color, you get that new sense of not tonality, but what the voice can add as far as like color on the canvas, like Barney was talking about, but you don't lose the melody that goes along with it that just sort of rises above. So I'm really pleased with the full orchestra version, which is what Barney and had recorded. But I don't think anything is lost when you size it down, which I'm really excited yeah, about. I would agree. I would agree.
0: Well, in closing, let me just ask if, Barbie or Matt, if there's any particular movement or particular spot that you would point out that you would say, be sure and take a listen to this if you want to be introduced to this work. That's
3: difficult. I think the third movement is a very mature statement from taylor in many ways he takes a big risk and i think it pays off and i was quite surprised because everybody leaves the church at the end of the session whistling however everyone would then say that their favorite movement was the third movement, which is the really dark movement so i would say definitely the third movement and one of the things i'm excited about with this piece just before i hand over to matt is that what you're able to program it with so i'm actually now using it for my next two or three seasons of orchestral programming so sometimes i go to orchestras as a guest conductor or we go as votches eight and they ask us what we want to sing so i'm actually able to build symphonic choral programs around the work because there's so much color and so much influence also in the work that it's really easy to draw other orchestral repertoire to sit it in a program. And I think a lot of that comes from the massive amount of diversity between the movements, which is fantastic.
2: Yeah, Matt, anything from you? Yeah, I I totally agree with Barney. That third movement is, is, as I think, something special. And there is some wonderful writing for solo violin that's just a really lovely additional voice in the canvas. I really love the second movement as well, the interpolation of the English text and that beautiful poem and that sense of longing. It's, um, it's really, really lovely. Well,
0: thank you all for taking time to visit about this work. And I encourage you to go to our website, listen to samples, look at the, the PDFs that are involved. There's a preview pack if you would like to have the recording with the book. There are many options for looking at this work. We all hope that we can get back to singing together very, very soon. So thank you all for joining me and have a wonderful day. That's Thank you, right. Mark.